Hey guys, my name is Nicole Escobar and I am your host. I am also the director of Trees of Hope, which is a nonprofit in South Florida that exists to train, educate, and equip parents on how to protect the children in their life from being sexually abused. We also offer survivor-led healing support groups for victims of sexual abuse. We want to welcome you because this is our podcast. We hope it encourages you. We hope it inspires you. And we hope you leave here knowing that hope is real, your story matters, and that you are more than just a hashtag. So let's get to our next episode. Hey guys, welcome back to episode seven of the Not Just a Hashtag podcast. We are so happy to be here with you. How are you doing today, Holly? Hi, it's so good to be here, to be out of the house. I know. Life is slowly coming back around, I guess. I know, I missed you and I miss our other girls and it does feel like this might be our new normal. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for a while, it's probably just going to be one of us together with me. So Ain't no shame in that. I love you guys. <laughs> I like, right. I kind of really like the one-on-ones. It's fun. Um, so yeah, before we get into it, I just want to take a quick moment to thank all of our listeners and our subscribers and the people who are uh, g- giving us stars and just saying positive things, giving us great feedback. Um, this is how we grow. So I mean, even if you give us negative feedback, it's okay. I welcome it because the reality is I want us to be the very best that we can be. And if we are not meeting the needs or if we're not talking about things that you guys want to hear about or we're doing something annoying, I mean, tell us. But I'd love to get your feedback. And if you hear an episode or you hear something that really resonates with you, share it with somebody. That would mean the world to us. Make comments on social media. Just... The point is is that the more we get feedback, the more we get likes, we get more visible so that more people can hear us. And we would love for more people to hear us because we really think that the information that we're giving and providing is going to be helpful to those who have been sexually abused. Um, Also, one last thing is if you have something that we have not talked about that you would be interested in hearing about, please email us at podcast at treesofhope.org again that is podcast at treesofhope.org you can let us know a topic that you'd love to hear about you can write us in and tell us something that you liked or didn't like whatever that is open for you to give us feedback Um, but also if there is something that you'd love to know more about I got an email from somebody who said that they want to know a little bit more about prevention and the grooming process so I'm definitely adding that to our content so All right, now we're going to get into it. So, Holly, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a plan for something to happen in a certain way? And when you actually started doing that thing, it did not go as planned. (laughs) That is a great question. (laughs) So funny. I mean, I feel like my entire life is that sentence in a nutshell. It feels like everything that I've planned to do in my life never quite goes the way that I planned. Um, And for someone like me, I'm the queen of making plans and having this whole set way to get to where I want to go. And God totally puts roadblocks and crazy things in the path and turns my path in a million different directions. 
Um, so one that I really think of is uh, when my husband and I were first married, you know, we had this whole plan that we were going to move away for a little while, and we decided we were going to move to California because that's so cool, right? Who doesn't want to live in California? So we would spend hours and hours like mapping out this whole plan. Well, God had completely different plans, and He sent us to Florida. And so I know when I got here, um, it was such an adjustment for me. It was not where I wanted to be, and. You know, I was like, I'm only going to be here for a few months, like, or a year, whatever, and then I'm going where I want to go. Well, real quickly into our marriage, I got pregnant, and that was not the plan for us. So that kind of, it changed the whole course of our lives. I mean, even to this day, we've been here now, what, 13 years, I think? So how funny is that? I mean, I had this whole other plan, and now, 13 years down the road, I can't imagine not being here. Um, but how funny when we put those plans in place, and then they never quite go the way that we want them to go. So true. Um, I I also have had some similar things where I've thought about with my life. And yeah, basically my whole life has been a plan and then it's gone a totally different way. Um, but one time really stands out because... So I grew up in a home where I did not cook much. I think I've shared this on past podcasts. My mom's, an Ita- my mom's not even Italian. I don't know what I'm saying, but she thinks she's Italian because she grew up in New York with an Italian family, um, as in my dad's family. And since the day of being married, which was 18, she learned very like Italian cooking and all this stuff. So meeting her, you would think right off the rip, she's Italian, um, especially with the, the, the New York accent. So I say all of that because she's a cooker. She does not let anyone into the kitchen to cook. So when I did make things in the past, it would be a very simple thing, like a broccoli in a steamed bag or something very simple like that. Chicken in, a, in, the, in the oven, pull it out, put it in a plastic thing. So it was very like clean, simple, simple. So my parents go out for the night and they would do this on occasion. And I would not make any plans with my friends because I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to watch movies. I'm going to freaking make my own food. I'm going to do all of these things that just make me feel like this place is my very own. So I go ahead and I get a tortilla shell and I get, I basically am going to make a salad. So I thought to myself, you know what? I know that I really like crispy tortilla shells more than I like non-crispy ones. And I feel like I've done this before, but this time it went horribly wrong. So I took olive oil, put it around the shell, and tried to make my tortilla more crispy. Well, I stick it in the oven and I walk away. I totally forgot that it was in there for like, you know, you're only supposed to cook it for like 15 minutes at most. Well, I must have left it on for like 30 minutes. All of a sudden I smell smoke. So I was like, what is that? I'm like, my tortilla. So I run over there. I open the oven. The minute I open the oven, flame comes flying out, almost singe my, my eyebrows, my hair, everything. So what do I do? I shut the door. I run out. (laughs) I run out of the house and I start screaming on the top of my lungs. My house is on fire. Thank God nobody was home. <laughs> it was like death. <laughs> Dead silence. Nobody cared. Nobody was there to help me. So now I'm like, oh my God, I have to solve this problem on my own. What am I going to do? So I'm like, I'm thinking I'm going to call my parents. I'm like, okay, no, I have to solve this problem now. So I run back inside and I grab a, um, a b- bucket of water and I throw oh, it no. into the oven how I didn't kill myself 
completely blow up my house is beyond me when i told my dad that i had done that and he's like please tell me you did not throw water into the oven and um the electrical oven and i'm like oh yeah i didn't even think about that well long story short is this tortilla ended up you know it was burnt but i scraped off some of the burntness and it ended up being excellent (laughs) it was one of the best tortillas i've ever had in that format of being like a little oily and crispy and stuff so yeah so basically my plan was to have that and that ended up happening but the whole system to get there (laughs) did not go as planned so i share this story because it gets me thinking that Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you mm. respond. A lot of times you're going to have burnt things at the end of something that you put your effort into. And what are you going to make of it? Life is going to happen. COVID-19 is going to happen. Plans are not going to go as you mm. plan, just like you said. Things are going to get burned. Relationships are going to get hurt. Um, you're going to get fired. You're going to lose things that, you know, you hold dear. I keep thinking about my dogs. You know, my plan is to have them forever. And that may not happen. Um, I remember just a couple of months ago, I had the plan that Coco, my one dog, is going to run gallivant through the, <laughs> the yard all the days of her life. And then the doctor tells us that she has two torn, ligam- two torn um, ligaments in her knee. So I'm like, this isn't a part of my plan. I didn't want to spend that money on her like that. But things like this happen. So it's in those moments that you have to choose your reaction. Do you look at the surface of the problem or do you go deeper to find out what is really going on? So I ask you that question. When you think of your journey of healing from sexual abuse, are you going to stop here and only listen to these episodes or are you going to get the healing you need and deserve? Are you going to take the lessons you've learned in this podcast and continue to go deeper? I can tell you from my personal experience that the first time I went through a support group or even challenged myself to start the healing journey, I didn't understand half of what I had learned. Honestly, I I sat through it all, acted like I understood it, but it wasn't until after that I reflected years later that I didn't get it at all. I minimized, I rationalized, I... I explained a lot of it away. I denied how much it had affected me. And it wasn't until I started to teach the content where I started to say, I'm not going to be the student anymore. I'm going to be the teacher that I started to learn things on a whole new level. So I share that because it's important that if you have not gone through healing, this is the time to do it. It's accessible. You can go online. You can go at treesofhope.org and go online on the online journey or you can get in a support group we've got semesters coming up very soon um, in fall which start in september we've got an online journey that's not just self-paced but we've got one that's with a virtual teacher who's a live teacher we're going to keep that system forever this COVID 19 taught us that we have to change things the way that we do it we can have live groups but we can also have virtual groups too just in case someone doesn't live here and they want to get into one of our groups. So you need to remember that there is a purpose to your pain. And the response that will help you along the way is to constantly remind yourself that God can use this thing. God can do something with this. It's not just wasted. It's not just ending here. This isn't just a problem that there is no solution to. 
So often we think that what has happened to us dictates our future. The thing we need to understand is that how we respond to what happens to us is what will dictate our future. Are we going to stay in victim mode, victim mentality and say, well, this happened to me and I can't overcome? Or are we going to say, no, I'm going to do what I need to do to heal. I'm going to stay on a lifelong journey of healing and I'm going to commit to myself that I'm worth it and I'm going to constantly pour into myself. I mean, Holly, you've said we've talked about this here. L- healing is a lifelong journey and the day you sign up to actually commit to yourself you're you're going to yourself this is just going to be a portion of my time but i have to commit the whole time Mm -hmm. to this so in 10 years i'm still on the same journey yeah and i think it's it can feel overwhelming when you first hear that sometimes for me like thinking i have to do this forever but like if you think about a journey to wherever you want to go like each step you take your you're closer. Nobody can take that away from you. Like you're still getting closer to your ultimate goal. So while we we know that that healing is a lifelong journey, we also know that all along the way you're gaining and you're growing, you know, and things are going to get easier as you go along. So just don't stop in the middle where you feel like this is good enough. It's it's too hard now. I don't want to go further um, because for me, I've been there and I'm so thankful that I've pushed myself. Um, it made me think real quick of a story of my daughter who's just learn how to ride a bike, you know? And so for her, I mean, it was so many emotions of learning how to ride this bike. She wanted to give up so many times, you know? And she's like, biking is just isn't for me. I'll wear, I'll ride my training wheels forever. But then she finally got it. Like her hard work paid off and to see her fly on her bike, the joy that she has, you know? And I often think of kids when I stumble along my journey, like kids don't give up when they learn to walk. Can you imagine if a kid just said, oh, this is really hard. They fall down a million times. They keep getting back up. Like, just keep getting back up on your journey. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I You just reminded me of the day that I, I was very similar to your daughter. I had told my dad, this isn't for me, dad. Um, I'm not going to be able to do this. And he was like, yes, you can. It may not be today, but you can. And I was like, this guy's nuts. Like, I kept thinking in my mind, it's going to be one of those things that all my friends are going to be able to do and I'm just not going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And I sort of like laid there in my, but then I got mad about that. And I was like, no, no one is going to tell me I can't do this. I got to try. And then you're right. I got it. And I remember going, I got it, dad. And I was riding and then I fell. Yeah. And I was like, does that mean I didn't get it? And he was like, no, we got this. Get back up. I love it. And it's the same thing. I mean, why is it that when we get older, we lose we look at the obstacle and we go it's too big Mm -hmm. it's too problematic and then and we don't do like we did when we were kids which is go you know it's just a problem Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna overcome it yeah there's a lot of emotions attached and along the way but like that fire of like that innocence and that fire of a kid you just you don't really think too much about all the other problems you just go okay i'm gonna do this so true. I love kids. That's why I love kids. They teach me so much. They teach me to keep going because they are so, they're such little fighters, right? Yeah. Those kids that will spend hours getting that tower right. They will not stop until that tower is how they want it to look with those blocks, you know? Right. And I'm like, wow, okay, I can do this too. Like, remind me to be a kid again. So true. 
Okay, so this week we're going to look at how to live a transform life. Now, that word transform may not make sense to some of you, because to me I was like, what the heck does that actually mean? So let's replace the word transform with ways to move forward in your healing journey, and we want to give you seven practical steps that we think will help you live a more happier life. Now, what I'm about to give you is based off research and science. These are not meant to replace a relationship with God, praying to him, reading your Bible, and going to church. That is absolutely most important. Without God, without that relationship, none of these matter. None. So these are meant to be in conjunction with worshiping God. Nothing should or will take the place of surrendering your life daily to Jesus. And I know that's a hard thing to do. It's really a moment by moment type thing. But we know that you are more than just a survivor. You have 24 hours in a day. So 12 hours maybe are, th- are awake. And you're thinking about more than just your abuse what's happened to you yes it can sort of feel like it takes over your life and it kind of becomes who you are but we want to help and challenge you and encourage you to step outside of that and think of ways that you can improve your life that you can have your story but also be able to find joy in your story So our goal with this podcast is to see you go from victim to survivor to thriver. And we think these practical steps are going to help you live a more fulfilled life. So the first one is go for walks every day. That may be hard with your schedule or whatever, but what's a 30 minute walk? If you break that up into 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at lunch, 10 minutes after work, anybody with any schedule can do that. It's just do you want to. So research shows that my mental health and my emotions are tied to my physical health. A lot of people say, I want to be happier. Well, why not start with getting your heart rate up? Take time to walk each day. It takes 30 minutes. They say, um, my mental health counselor told me that when she has people who have addictions that come in who are addicted to um, Xanax and pills like that, one of the things that she sort of to break that slowly it's obviously a process but she tells them to go on 30 minute walks a day because a 30 minute walk a day will like uh heighten your mood Mm. like a xanax would so Uh truly there is um proof in that Mm -hmm. google it because i was like (laughs) and then when i saw it i was like oh my god that's so true okay so a lot of us sit all day we sit watching tv we sit at work we you know for me a lot of my job is in a seat and and it's hard you know not moving your legs so my encouragement is try getting outside go around the neighborhood just get some perspective um one of the days that i went out just recently because as i was writing this content i was like let me make sure i got all my ducks in a row here (laughs) to make sure i've had experience with this and i was walking around and i realized i didn't bring my phone with me and i was walking around and i realized how i was listening to the birds chirping and i was like all of a sudden my heart went from i'm on this walk it's so hot and then i was like Oh, that's so cool. Look at those birds over there. It's so peaceful. And that wind started to blow in my hair. And I was like, wow, I just felt like very positive. 
But another thing that I noticed, and this has absolutely happened to me, is creativity is fueled on walks. Mm. Um, sometimes I don't bring my phone with me, and then I'm like, crap, I just had a great idea. What am I going to do? I'm going to, where, where am I going to write that? And I have not run home, but like basically hurried up to walk home just so I could get the idea down. But some of the coolest projects that we currently have here, some of the projects that are to come next year, the ones that I literally have so much heart and soul put into have come alive because I went on a walk and just was like, just thinking through things. One of the most, one of the things that I'm the most like, I can't wait for it to come to fruition is our children's book. I was just literally on a walk and I kept saying, you know, God, one of the things that we we do a magazine for adults why don't we do something for children i just want to be an organization that meets every need for every life cycle like every time span that's uh, am i saying that right Mm -hmm. but you know what i'm talking about like children teens Mm -hmm. that like how do we meet that need and it just came to me so get on a walk do you have any thoughts on that? I love that. I love that you just included to, you know, a lot of times I'll walk for exercise. So I get so caught up in exercising and getting out the steam. But I think being mindful on your walk, like you talked about, like just really saying, I'm going to go for a walk and just really be mindful and quiet and hear what I'm supposed to hear, you know, and take in the smells and take in the sounds. And if you're not used to doing that, it can feel uncomfortable at first, but the more that you do it, the more that you're like, wow, this is so refreshing. Like there are birds chirping. I never knew Florida had birds (laughs) until I stopped to listen. I literally walked past the red one and I was like, is that a cardinal? (laughs) And I'm like, and it could, I, ju- I took a picture of it and my mom was like, that is absolutely a cardinal. And I'm like, that's not even a Florida bird. I didn't think of I think it's the Virginia bird where I'm from. Yeah. It's like our state bird. Maybe there's it came with me bunch. from Virginia. <laughs> in my neighborhood, there's like a gazillion. Wow. So it's, it's, I almost feel like I'm in Narnia yeah. over there. I'm like, oh my God. Like, but when I'm on, when I'm on my exercise walk, you better believe that like, don't even make eye no. contact with me. Cause I'm like, listen, I'm on a move here. So yeah, it's important to know the difference. You're going out with the intent of clearing your mind, taking it all in, trying to hone in on that creativity, not necessarily like an exercise. There's that added benefit yeah. of that. And I think real quick, I think being in COVID, one of the blessings is coming out because even our walking trails were closed for a while. So coming back and being able to take a walk, like I, I too took a walk the other day and I saw all these butterflies. They were everywhere. You know what I'm like? The things we take for granted. You know, I have a new appreciation just for the things that we can do now. And I just never want to lose that. I don't want right. to forget that. Yeah. You know? Amen, sister. I'm with you. Totally. So take time to replay your day Um, somewhere in your day give yourself 20 minutes to reflect how did your day go what did you learn you can write it in a journal or meditate Um, a study has been done on people over the past 90 years well a study was done on people who were 90 years old and they asked them what was some of the things that they would do differently? And one of the three answers, because they had said three, one of them was take more risks, but another one was reflect more. 
And I thought that was so great. So stop, get silent, evaluate objectively all that has happened in your day. If you don't reflect on what has happened in your life, what will you tend to do and maximize the bad and minimize the good? I definitely know I do that. Um, I, I can start, if I don't sit down and go, okay, well, what did I learn from God? What did he teach me today? I'll sort of be like thinking I'm on my little high horse and I like killed it throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, there was a lot of different things that God wanted me to do better or Mm -hmm. step up or risks I could have taken. Um, If you take time to reflect, you will see that you have a little more than what you think to you have to be grateful for just like you kind of said COVID-19 has created a gratefulness in my heart I almost Mm -hmm. feel like wicked to say that but like the reality is is that I am so grateful that my husband has a job Mm -hmm. and he gets to go to work and he's considered an essential employee Um, I'm so grateful that we get to come here and it's safe and it's not in a huge building where there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. and and we have jobs that we can do every day mm-hmm. it, remotely. Like I never thought I'd be thanking God for Zoom. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm like it was such a such a like mindless software <laughs> before. And now I'm like thank you God. <laughs> oh my God. So, so true. <laughs> So one of the things that I do here at Trees of Hope is every time we start a meeting with our facilitators or our board members, I go around the room and I say, you know, tell me a story or let's talk about a story that has impacted Trees of Hope, impacted you or someone else. What are we doing here? Why are we here? And it's these stories that give us strength. They remind us of our purpose. They remind us of why we're so passionate about why we're here and yeah, there's a lot of things that we could do better as an organization. There's a lot of things that we could that we could add, we could take away, of course. But it's the stories and it's the people in those stories that really make us who we are. At the end of the day, I've been doing this new thing. And this has really just been like a month-long thing that just started in my life. But I've got this journal. It's a five-year journal. And I was listening to a podcast by Craig Rochelle. And he's also the pastor of Life Church. It's one of the largest churches in America. And he basically was talking about this exact thing and saying, you know, he has had this five-year journal. He writes in it every year. And one of the things that he does is he'll look back over the years Mm. and sort of see um, the growth, but also he's dealing with some, some of the same issues during the same time periods in the same type in like the same year Hmm. and I'm like wow this is I gotta get this because you know I'm on this new chapter of my life where I'm entering into a diff all these different things and stages and I don't want to miss a moment and I'm like I'm gonna write this down because the next five years could be so epic like so many cool things could happen so he was right he wrote this blog and I want to share this story with you because I thought it was really good it's called the value of writing it down And this is where Pastor Craig talks about how to develop the discipline of writing down what God shows you and what you're praying about. You might be shocked over the years to see that God has answered your prayers. So he shares this story. Uh, Greg Mueller was a well-known evangelist who lived in the 1800s. One day, his heart broke when he saw hundreds of homeless children fending for themselves on the streets of Bristol in England. With almost no money to his name, he decided to start an orphanage, and over the next 60 years, Mr. Mueller helped care for more than 10,000 orphans. 
All throughout his ministry, he kept a record of his prayers in a journal that ultimately filled more than 3,000 pages. He recorded how one night there was no food to give the children the next morning at breakfast, so he begged God to do something. Early the next morning, a local baker knocked at his door. When Mueller answered, the baker told him he hadn't been able to sleep the night before, so he had gotten up, baked three batches of bread, which he had brought for them. Another time, a milk truck just happened to break down in front of the orphanage on the exact day that they had no milk for the children. Since the milk would have spoiled in the heat, the driver gave it to the orphans. All in all, Mr. Mueller recorded more than 30,000 direct answers to his prayers. Just imagine how this built his faith Mm -hmm. as he saw God's faithfulness laid out before him again and again in black and white. You cannot dispute God's goodness and how he's answered prayers when you write them down. I I love that. And it's such a reminder because it's something that I practiced in my early recovery that I was really faithful to of writing down each day. I kind of took an inventory of my day and things I wanted to let go and fears, whatever. And it is, it's such a beautiful act because it's such an act of reflection. And I do love looking back like so often, right? We forget how far we've come or like you said, the things that are those themes that it's like, okay, maybe I have some more healing to do. But just that in-your-face reflection of God's goodness. And sometimes even for me, when I'm overwhelmed, just like writing a little timeline of my story Mm -hmm. and being like, whoa, okay, God, I don't know what's ahead of me, but look at all that you've done. And thank goodness my plans didn't work out, right? Like all those plans that I had that went a different way. I'm so thankful when I look in writing at all he's brought me to. Absolutely. Okay, number three is practice random acts of kindness. So have you ever been a recipient of someone's random act of kindness? I have a few times and it feels so good, but it truly does feel even better when you're the one going, I'm going to be someone's random act of kindness. The Bible says it's better to give than to receive. There is something attached to me giving, to me loving, to me getting my focus off myself and my issues on how I can bless someone else. So why not start with something small? Give someone a compliment, pay for someone's lunch, write a thank you note to someone who has blessed your life. Um, I know something that I've done is when you compliment somebody, I mean, I have seen people's whole days. I don't know what they're carrying, but whoa, I was like, I love your hair. I love your outfit too. I've done it a couple of times to people and I wasn't like fake either. Like I did like their outfit, but typically I would have not said anything because I didn't know them and I didn't want to be like that creepy person. Oh my gosh, the thank you. Oh my God, thank you so much. It was like, oh, like that felt good. That You felt good. Like go girl. And I don't know, just doing that on a consistent basis when you feel it when you want to i mean maybe even when you don't feel it and when you don't want to just saying it can really brighten someone's day um writing a thank you note i remember when i worked at the old company i used to work at something that touched my heart so much is i i went up to three girls that i thought i would be i just by their personality that i had briefly came in contact with I said let me take them out to lunch because I feel like we would be friends and it ended up being that we were friends um but each one of them wrote me a letter after and I'm like it was and it was on a card like that old school way of doing stuff and 
they pointed out individual this was separate i they had unless they talked to each other but it it made me almost it actually what it did was i ended up taking out another group of people that i probably wouldn't have normally taken out and i wrote them letters thanking them for having lunch with me and i don't know what they thought about it but i thought it was really awesome it made me feel really good but that letter when i received that made me feel very seen and very important and I needed that because I was a new employee and I just needed that. So that's another thing that you could do is if you're an employer or you're at, at um, a place where there's people who come in frequently, just write them a little thing or a little hello note on their first day. I mean, geez, that could be really cool. So get creative. See how it changes you and the person you're blessing. Scripture tells us that because of God's kindness that men have come to repentance. And I don't know. I mean, there's something about breaking down walls for people that can bring them to want to know more about who you are, why you are doing what you do. And sometimes you can't get to that heart of that until you've broken down some walls. And I think doing something kind can cause that to happen. So number four is completely unplug. You got to come up with times in your life where you get away from it all. If that's social media, I mean, I I didn't realize what an addict I was to social media until I took it off my phone. And then my natural response was to go to that box where it was right when I opened my phone. So I was like, whoa, I got a problem, <laughs> you know. So unplug. And I'm talking social media unplug. I'm talking Internet unplug. I'm talking even from your friends. If you, I mean, I'm not saying go in complete isolation because we know that that's not good or healthy. I'm talking about get away from anything that could be distracting you from hearing from God or being who you want to be. Um, since we're talking about sexual abuse here, if you have to unplug from any people in your life that may not be life-giving to that specific topic, you need to unplug from them. So for me, I have, um, I committed yesterday to unplug from Instagram and Facebook. And then I realized I hired somebody to help me with something through Instagram and their only form of communication is through direct message. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, so I had to, okay. So as soon as that project's done, I'm going back to my fasting. I was off for like a day and a half and I, and I thought how refreshed I felt because what I normally went to go look on Instagram, I stopped doing that and went to a book instead. Or I turned on my Audible and started listening to a book. So it was like I was pouring into myself as opposed to wasting time. I love that. And I love like not just unplugging, which is so important, but then recharging yourself, like you said, pouring into yourself so that we can continue to pour out. Because in the work that we do, what we're called to do is to provide hope and healing. And I love it. It sets my heart on fire, but I can feel it in my body. I'm about to go on a week where I unplug. I feel it. I need it. I need to fill my own cup so that I can continue to pour out. And that's so important. And it can feel selfish, I think, when you first start to do it. But the more you do it, you realize I am I can give so much more and be more present with everyone in my life when I take that time for me. Mm -hmm. So true. Okay, so the fifth one is find a passion and make it your life's work. I mean, we before we started this podcast, that is, we were we spent an hour talking about that and just what God has put in both of our hearts and the passion and the pursuit. And Holly, you said something so great. What was it? 
Whatever breaks your heart, lean into it. Love that. And I can tell you, as somebody who's doing that, and I'm sure you can too, is when you are doing your passion, nothing feels like work. And I hate when people say that, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. What what I'm saying is, is that when I get when I have a whole workload day and I'm spending 12 hours on something, it doesn't feel like 12 hours. It feels like easy breezy. Um, I remember when at the end of 2019, I basically had to finish all of our projects. I had to redesign certain things. I had to get things ready so I could show them to our donors and say, hey, and show them to all of our followers and, and the people who commit their life work to Trees of Hope. Basically, I wanted to say at the end of the year, like, look at all we had done. We had done so much. And when I presented all this stuff, everyone was asking me, how, who, who helped you with all this? And I wasn't trying to brag. Honestly, nobody really had other than a couple of contractors that helped me finalize a few different things. But I based, they were like, aren't you exhausted? And I felt like they were like looking into my soul, like, whoa, like you got bags on your eyes. And I'm like, actually, I don't. I felt so alive. I remember, yes, there was probably like three nights where I worked 24, like back to back to back. But I, and I remember my husband coming into the room and he's like, are you going to come to bed? And I was like, no, get away from me. I am in a zone. And he was like, whoa, I can feel your vibe right now. I am over here in the bed whenever you want to come. And it was like that. And I basically just had to tell him for the next couple of weeks, I am checked out. Like, if you want to be with me, it needs to be during times that are not midnight. Like, cause I'm in that room doing my work and it feels so invigorating is that the right word? Invigorating? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I felt so alive. I loved every moment of it. I put on some awesome music, techno music. I was just like, boom, boom, boom. I'm breaking it down. And I felt it was just like fun. So find a passion and make it your life's work. And I promise you, for, I would suggest sitting down and do exactly what Holly said. Whatever breaks your heart, write that down and go, this bothers me. And then God, this bothers me and I want to hand this over to you. Use me somehow in this. And then I'm I'm more than positive he will reveal to you what you should be doing with that. Okay, number six is take two minutes a day to meditate. This has been one of the hardest ones to put into practice for myself. I do not know how to meditate at all. I literally sit there and I'm like, okay, I'm meditating. And then I'm like... Don't forget you have to do the laundry. Don't forget you have to clean the bedroom. And it's just like horrible. So, you know, some, do you meditate at all? I do, but it's also very difficult. And and I love that it's a practice. Like the more that I'm practicing it, the easier it gets for me. But when I fall out of the practice, like right now, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) so you're reminding me like it's a practice. Like I have to practice meditating and being silent and still. So what I would recommend to myself, since it's such a struggle, is start small, like 30 seconds a day. Um, You know, there's this really cool app. It's called Abide. It's a Christian app that does meditation over the Bible, but stories in the Bible. And it also breaks down scripture. It's like basically prayer. If that's too advanced for you or if that's not like your jam because it's the Bible or whatever, go go do um to do something else that helps you, you know, be more centered when it comes to your thoughts. That's very helpful. Um, 
we can't solve our problem of our thought process unless we know what we're thinking. So definitely don't clear your mind to where it's like empty, where the enemy can come in and literally wreak havoc on your mind and start planting thoughts into your brain of like that you don't need, which is telling you you're no good, lying to you, telling you that you should feel shame, you should feel angry and all these different things. You definitely don't want that. What you do want is to have for me at least guided meditation is very helpful because it's basically telling you okay now think of um something that makes you happy and for me i would think of you know god my family going to church being in a community those are all things that make me happy so you know think of you get something that will help you meditate on what's good and what's what you can be thankful for in your life I, I promise you it will change your life because I do recall a time where that I was very consistent on that and someone could have said something stupid to me and I would have been like, whatever, not a big deal. You know, as opposed mm-hmm. to like now I'd be like, why'd you say that? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? So true. Okay, and the last one is number seven. And honestly, I want to make this more of a daily practice rather than a weekly practice, but if you're you know overwhelmed and you got a lot going on don't worry about it this can be a weekly thing so each week give thanks for five things and i recommend that you write them down in a journal in your five-year journal or whatever but write it down because it's important for you to have an attitude of gratitude i think um because we see it in scriptures we see it in a lot of different uh parts in the bible especially the psalms where David will go on a rant of being like super critical, like these people, how come you're not, you know, judging them? They're horrible. And then somehow in the flip of it, in the middle of it all, he will go, you know, but I'm so grateful for your goodness and you're wiser than me. And I'm so grateful that you're a protector. And he just goes down like all these things he's so grateful for. And my point is is that it's easy to get caught up in what we don't like it's easy to get caught up in things that we want to see change um but it's it's definitely a practice to be more grateful and being grateful can change everything about you it's i've definitely been around people who just have a grateful mindset and i love being around them they're more positive they're more uplifting they are the type of people that when I come to them with a problem, I know that they're going to go, I know that sucks, but let's review it, okay? We are grateful that we do have, and they'll start breaking it down for me. And I'm like, yeah, I needed that. I needed to change my perspective. So those are all seven practical ways that you can start to live a changed life. And I recognize um, that cliches and quick steps will not, will not solve problems. Um, being sexually abused is a real problem. It's a problem that affects the most intimate relationships in our lives. It, uh, it affects how we view the world. It, it affects how we view ourselves. As I mentioned, these are based on research and science, but the Bible spoke of these concepts way before research ever did. The Bible tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. So what does that mean? What does always mean? It means in everything and every time, in the good, in the bad, and in the ugly. In life, what you're going to learn is that the word happiness is a feeling. It's an emotion. It comes and goes, right? So I think of many times when I remember a time I went to New York or I went to Chicago. I was so happy. Did I have a joy? I have no idea. I just know I was so happy to be there. I felt alive. I was like, woo. 
But there's a joy that comes from knowing the Lord and knowing that he's a healer, knowing that he's redemptive, that no one can take from me, that nothing anyone says or does, no matter what circumstance I'm in, can change that. God has something for you bigger than happiness. God has something that the world can't give you, which is joy. You can't find joy on the surface of your problems. You gotta cut the layer off the top. You have to get into the heart of the matter. So I implore you to get past the pain and to learn to react with joy. So we leave you with this final thought. Today begins a new day in your healing journey. Um, And every time we do these podcasts, these episodes, you know, it's a new day. You can think differently. You can do something different. You can have a different perspective. So we want you to leave here knowing that you can walk in joy. You know that God is on your side, that he loves you and he will never leave you. So the Bible tells us that when we learn to rejoice always, it is when the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will come to us. I recently, I've had this peace thing happen to me many times, um, but very, very recently is when my dog Coco had her surgery. And I know it. everyone is like, it's just a dog. It's not just a dog to me. I love this dog more than I love even my own life sometimes. I love her so much. Um, when we, I, I basically, when they told us that she had two torn knees, basically, and she was going to have to have double knee surgery, I panicked. I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds like a lot of money. And it sounds very painful. And the doctor was like, it's extremely painful. Um, I don't, you know, they basically will have her on a morphine patch and she will have a blocker that basically blocks all the feeling and nerve ending blocker from her stomach down so she won't feel it I was like oh my gosh this sounds insane right so anyways we did our due diligence we found a vet it all worked out perfectly but that day when we dropped her off I told Raph I said you're gonna have to be the man you're gonna have to be you have to be not only you but you have to lift me up because I am going to be a blubbering mess so we get there, we get out of the car, um, she's hobbling over into the front, I give her a hug and I say goodbye, and it was all of a sudden like the weirdest thing happened. I thought it was gonna be like, you know, a mess. I thought it was gonna be like, <laughs> but I was like, we got this, God has got her 100%. When they would text us and say, you know, she's going into surgery, I was like, not to worry, this is all gonna be okay. You are covered, you are sealed, you are totally good. And I just kept telling, and it was like the piece that I cannot understand because what I had thought it was going to be never ended up being where I thought I was going to be overwhelmed, overworked, my brain, my emotions were going to get the best of me. None of that actually happened. I was so chill. And I actually was like, I said to Raf, does this mean that I don't care about Coco? And he was like, no, this is what the peace of God truly looks like. And it's, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. So I leave that in your hands because when you decide that you're going to go into healing, when you decide that you're going to do this work, when you decide you're going to deal with what's happened to you, you just need to ask God for his peace through every step of the way. Yeah, all these practical steps, they can bring you to more happiness, but the joy that you want is through the peace of God. 
And so you have to ask God for that. So choosing to rejoice in the Lord always will allow peace and healing to take over your life during storms, during COVID-19, during losing a job, during all of these horrible things that are happening right now. God will guard your heart and minds when troubles come your way. Some days will be hard and some will not go as planned, like my story, like Holly said, but the peace of God will guide you every step of the way. So how do you get that peace? Well, first you have to learn to rejoice in every circumstance and that's not some fake cliche thing figure out a way to find joy to find um to learn how to rejoice when something is going bad learn how to change your perspective and go how do i figure this out what can we do together god how can i look at this differently and always choose joy we will see you next time guys we love you bye bye guys thanks again for listening To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe even consider rating the podcast or share it with one of your friends. It really makes all the difference. For more content from Trees of Hope and to connect with us, go to treesofhope.org. We love you. Bye.